Hello, Nigel. Yeah, Marcus. How are you tonight? Good, thanks, Nigel. Yeah, good. Oh, just a bit of a story around the Diana. Um, so around about that, about a month prior to her passing away, um, there was a group of us that worked at a grouse shooting estate in Scotland. Um, and we'd been there for a month, and we'd been working for various different families. The family that um, owned the estate was... Um, she was a Guinness, and he was um, from Shell, Todd, and um, she was the godmother of Diana, and she actually passed away the day that we finished working. So we'd had different guests over the four weeks, so we had family members, the Duke of Birdminster, and then we had Westminster's, the Rothschilds, and then we had some sort of, I don't know, sort of more celebrity-type guests like um, Tim Rice would come over. But we used to get phone calls every now and again, and, and it turned out that it was Diana who was calling because she wanted to speak to um, to the lady who owned the estate, and we used to just put her through, and it sort of became a rather regular thing. Now she actually called the day, the night that she died. Um, so the very last week that we were there, which was on the Saturday, that all the the family had been and the guests had just left, and in fact. The, the two that owned the estate left that night and then left us to it to basically clean up and and sort of enjoy the night together with there was six Kiwis and a couple of chefs. And um, that morning when we woke up, we found out that she'd passed away. So, so, so it was so a you, sort of surreal moment. You would answer the phone and talk to her. Is that, have I heard that correctly? Yes. She used to phone up and then we used to go and grab um, the lady or the gentleman of the house and say that, you know, there was a phone call for her, but we kind of realised after about... Well, in fact, the original person that took the call was one of the other Kiwi girls, because we used to work in the kitchen, and then we'd go around and serve the meals and whatnot during the day, um, that we we found, found out eventually that it was Diana. So it was kind of like, yes, Diana, we'll go and get her. And it was it was very informal, because we got the job mainly because they they knew that we didn't know anybody in the house. Um, Understand? A, yeah. It so, was you, you, weird. so so you would know you, you would know who they were because no idea. Yeah. Okay. We had no idea who half these guests were, and when I tell the story later on in years, particularly to some of my English friends, they kind of find it. How do you mean you think this person was here and this person? But um, yeah, yeah. So um, when she so passed ha- away, so, that, so so how long before she died did you talk to her? Oh, uh, well, the night before. So she'd called in. So it was. Um, Friday or Saturday, yeah. And the the interesting thing was the week of that, the, a lot of the conversation around the dining room table was about her and Dodie. That seemed to be the conversation around the dining room table at the time. Um, yeah, so she called probably once a day. Yeah, we were and under strict instruction pr- and and, and, and disapproving com- conversations about her and uh, and Dodie. Yeah, so the conversations generally were sort of, you know, as we used to go and clear up the clear up the table on that, like you kind of eavesdrop the conversations. But a lot of the conversations, she's a lot of the conversations were around about how happy she was. That was seemed to be the, the general sort of gist of things, um, um, in terms of the general conversations around the table. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a kind of surreal moment for us because obviously, um, you know, we were just 
sex carers enjoying enjoying the work and enjoying the environment, oh, and then we were extraordinary place to have. And you were working, you weren't fluffing up the grouse. You were cooking, were you, or were you actually out hunting uh, as well? A bit, of, bit of everything. So the the background of the story was my wife and I were looking. We'd, we'd just got married, and we were looking for four weeks' work before we went backpacking around Africa. And we have we just um, answered an advert in what used to be known as the TNT ad mag- magazine yes. in the UK. Yep, know that. Yep. And we got the we got the job. And she said, "Oh, you don't suppose you know any more people that would like to come along?" And I said, "Well, actually, funny enough, I do. I've got four <laughs> friends. <laughs> one 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 of my friends who was doing very well in accounting just quit a job and came. And when we got there, there were the six of there were two four, three couples, and then there were two two Brits who were the chef, two chefs who had been employed. And, um, yeah, so they the guests would come on a weekly. So we did it four weeks of different sets of guests coming in and out of this estate in Avermore. And, um, yeah, the very last week was the week, or the, the end of the last fourth week was the, was the day that she passed away. And then we drove that day from Scotland back to London. Um, from mem- I mean, you, you, we were the only car on the road. And from memory, I think in the UK, the radio, they might not have even had a station on. If they did, it was one, only one. Everything was shut. Everything was shut that whole day. It's a pretty amazing story, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I got to sort of, you know, when I, when I retell the story every now and again to people, it's just one of those, I don't you know, I guess it's just a very, um, Oh, so it obviously sticks in my mind a lot, and, and hopefully one of, the, one of the other guys who were with me might be listening to this as well. But I don't know grouse so well. Is it like a pheasant, or is it, a he, is it something yeah, you sort of... Yeah, yeah, you just kind of beat the bush and off they go and fly. You know, it was a it was for lots of different reasons, it was a, a real eye-opener. It was a eye-opener for me to watch... Um, I suppose the gentry class or the upper class English and how they lived. I mean, I just couldn't believe the amount of money that was spent on a daily basis, just on a big block of blue vein cheese, for example, that had to be put out every single day. I think it was something like, from memory, you know, a thousand pound. Wow. You know, sort of scenario in terms of budgets. Um, you know the cars that came in, the Duke of, and the Duke of Westminster came in. It was an incredible amount of money spent, and also what we experienced as Kiwis looking after them, because clearly they'd just been used to a life of people looking after them. So, you know, when we used to serve the breakfast in the morning, and then we'd go and clean the rooms later on. I mean, it was just there were mess everywhere. Um, yeah, but. Um, did they cook? The, yeah. No, did they cook the grouse? Yep, yep. So they, um, well, the chefs did. I mean, they would, um, they would do all the preparation. Yeah, I mean, the funny story, <laughs> one of the funny stories for me was in the very first week, um, the Duke of Burmester was in, and he asked me to feed his dogs, and I said, "Oh, it'll be fine. I don't mind doing that for you. I'll, I'll do it." Thinking. At the time, he was just asking me to put some food out for his dog. And then he came to me about two days later and said, my dog's been running after the sheep. Have you fed them? And I didn't have the heart to tell him I hadn't. I thought he just wanted me to do it just then and then. I didn't realize he was asking me to do it every single time. So, yeah. Good story, Nigel. Thank you very, very much for that. Really appreciate you coming through. That adds well to the tone.